Welcome to the Wandering Monster Podcast, episode 12. I'm Tristan. I'm Dylan. We're going to roll dice today, and uh, then we're going to talk about what we find on the, in the monster manual based on that. And then we're going to talk about monsters we have with weird weaknesses. Specific, like very specific weaknesses. Yeah, like... Uh, Dracula's and garlic was the example we that, gave. That's exactly the sort of example that was given. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's roll some dice. Roll the dice, Dylan. All right. We got 292, the Umber Hulk. I actually really like this guy. I've I, used him a couple times. I have never used an Umber Hulk before. They're pretty weird and specific, but they have a lot going on. So for the listener, the image of this guy is, I want you to take a hulking werewolf-like form and now just make him a, a bug with two big stabby pincers on his face. Like a really jacked cockroach that's humanoid. Yes. Yeah. They're, yeah, no, they're, they're cool, though. So they're usually, they're, they're almost always underground, sometimes fully in the underdark. Uh, they like to burrow through solid rock. They don't even care. They, they are super strong. They can dig through anything. Uh, they, they have, they're all, they're covered in all kinds of hair and fuzz. So they have, you know, that kind of, that sensory business. They have weird eyes. Um, they, they have this thing called mind scrambler. So they, they kind of mess with people's heads when they encounter them. So most people don't remember even in encountering an umber hulk. They're wow. super weird, supernatural, crazy giant insect that loves to dig. I would not have suspected the Mind Scrambler. I thought these were just big digging monsters that hang oh, out no. in the Underdark. No, they're super weird. They're super cool. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> so it says they are abominable horrors from deep beneath the earth, and Umber Hulk burrows into cave complexes, dungeons, or Underdark settlements in search of food. Uh, those lucky enough to survive an Umber Hulk attack often remember precious little of the incident thanks to their mind-scrambling gaze. Some some monsters will have like an underground burrow speed. These guys have a tunneling speed, so they can burrow through solid rock, leaving a five-foot-wide, eight-foot-high tunnel, so at half their speed. So they can move ten feet per turn through solid rock. Wow. They can do it they can do whatever they want. Like it does not matter. If you're in a castle, if you, they could just dig through the wall. They don't care. It is it is a very good thing these things have um intelligence of nine. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. they could just burrow <laughs> under your party, pop up attack, go right back down, and you're never gonna get them. Yeah, I think I think that they kind of they're held in check a little bit by being so specifically focused. They really just want to eat. They don't have like higher goals typically that makes sense they are chaotic evil so they are intelligent enough to well what is what isn't like i the bugs that we looked at last time the thrike yeah the thrike they were just neutral but they would eat you yeah that and i i thought that was very interesting because you could do a lot with that this one is very much like one of just one of those random dungeon creatures you just throw this in there mess with the party this is this is they're in a dungeon. <laughs> they see a weird burrowing off like secondary dungeon, and and the Umber Hulk is in there doing weird stuff. Would you have these guys travel in like a pack, or is it just a single Umber Hulk? They're no, I, I I'm pretty sure they're pretty much always uh, solo. Does it say for that? I don't think it specifies. Yeah, no, I I I'm pretty sure they're they're solitary. Okay, that's probably for the best. 
Um, <laughs> looking through their stats, they have 18 armor, which is pretty good. 93 pretty hit points, so they're pretty beefy creatures. CR 5, they have dark vision 120 feet, but tremor sense of 60 feet. That's from all the fuzz. That's all the extra hair. <laughs> that makes sense to me. They only speak Umber Hulk. Not a very popular language. No. No, I kind of like it when the monster only speaks the monster's it's name. It's just random. It's like a Pokemon, right? They just they just say Umber Hulk over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, confusing Gaze. When a creature starts its turn within 30 feet of the Umber Hulk and is able to see the Umber Hulk's eyes... The Umber Hulk can magically force it to make a DC 15 charisma saving throw unless it is incapacitated. On a failed saving throw, the creature cannot take reactions and start of their next turn and rolls a D8 to determine what it does during that turn. So before I keep going, this is way more complex than most wacky this stun is, them abilities. No, but so like this, this is kind of the gimmick of the monster, right? This is, this is what makes them really cool because it's like, it's just a total agent of chaos. It can burrow into wherever the party is. That's what I'm saying. Like you throw this into a dungeon just to mix things up. You make this you make this dungeon extra wacky and wild. Cause the Umber Hulk is not just this insane burrowing creature. It's it's also just it does these wild things. It's it's a little bit like the uh, the tundra bunny, right? On a yep. lower on a lower scale, right? It's not completely warping reality, but it'll just mess with your head a little. Yeah. So let's let's go through the rolls. So you roll a d8 to determine what happens if you fail. Yep. On a one through a four, you just do nothing. <laughs> Good turn. Good turn. Half. Half. That's a fifty-fifty on nothing. Yep. On a five or six, you take no action, but you just run in a random direction. Use all your movement. And on a seven or eight, you just attack something nearby at random. Um, and it does nothing if there's nothing within range to attack. So probably nothing, honestly. But like most of the time, it just stuns you, and sometimes you're going to run in a direction, and maybe you'll hit it even. Um, and as a, as a DM, I like to explain that away a little bit, where it's it's kind of just it's got these wild, crazy eyes. You know, they're jittering around. There's there's you know just looking in every direction. It's kind of mesmerizing in a way. And also, this thing will will surprise you because it's going to bust through a solid stone wall that you thought was totally safe because <laughs> it doesn't care. Yeah, Umber Hulk. The other thing is because confusing gaze isn't an action; it's just it's like a Medusa oh, no, all the time. It's per, it, no, it's permanent, passive, just craziness. I like how they fight a Medusa; they're averting their eyes. A big bug man bursts through the wall. Nobody's, everyone's looking at it. No one's going to try and not look at it. That's the fun part. So I, I've, I've used this a few times and no party expects this because I explain what it is where I'm like this, you know, this crazy digging cockroach looking thing busts out of the wall and they're like, okay, let's kill it. Nobody is ever like, oh, let's let, not look at it or we need to hide our eyes or anything because it's, I feel like it's kind of classic D&D because I've seen it in a lot of monster manuals for different editions, but I don't think it gets used enough. To where people know what it is. It's not very iconic. It's just a big bug guy. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's it's an amber-colored giant bug. Like, it's a large monster. It digs through whatever it wants. But yeah, it's not like it's not like a beholder or a dragon where everybody knows what that is. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's, it's just not that way. So, you can avert your eyes for this guy. I think the rule is that if you're averting your eyes, you get disadvantage on attacks. I think 
is how it works. Um, uh, I would go with. I mean, I would go with that personally. So this thing probably has eighteen armor class and ninety three hit points, and you get disadvantage on all attacks against it. So this is a pretty nasty monster. <laughs> that's, Just that's that's awful. That's really brutal. I mean, CR CR five actually seems low for its stats. You know, it's multi attack plus I, eight to hit. I mean, one d eight plus five isn't so bad. No, but it adds up. It does because yeah, it's getting. Two at- yeah, two two with the claws and one with the mandible. Oh, the mandibles is two d eight plus five. So yeah, it's gonna hit pretty hard. It's gonna be pretty dangerous. And you might not be able to act for your turn. You might just be mel- melty brain. <laughs> Cr or DC fifteen charisma save is not not low. Um, there are a lot of random classes that use charisma now. So the the thing I like the the thing I've used this for most often is. It's fun against a party with charisma as the dump stat. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like you'll you'll fail a lot. They'll fa- they'll fail a lot of those saves, and they'll occasionally get a good hit in, but it just doesn't matter because they can't act most of the time. That makes sense. Which of its eyes do you- I think the little tiny black eyes are the mesmerizing ones? See, I don't know. I think that they could blink. They could blink the big eyes a lot, and and really mess with people with that too but those little black ones are so much more they're, they're like piercing. peering into your soul yeah, they got you they're unblinking they're always always staring so you would pretty much just use this as a random encounter kind of like the bullet we already talked about a little bit i like this i like this in a mysterious place you know i, I where it's like they're underground in a dungeon maybe they've mostly cleared out the dungeon they're feeling pretty confident and you just throw this in as a twist. I, I don't I don't think like I did once use an Umber Hulk kind of story related. Mm-hmm. So the the setup for it was uh, there was a dungeon underneath a city, and basically like people were looking for it, but they didn't know how to get into it. And there was an Umber Hulk tunnel that led directly into it from the surface. Ah, okay. So that was that was kind of a twist on it because they were already looking for this dungeon and the Umber Hulk was kind of just the easy way in. It was the shortcut, but then they had to deal with this crazy monster. Mm -hmm. So that was the hard part. Like it was a shortcut, but if you went in there, you had to fight this thing and it messed with your head. That's a really good way to use this guy. I I like that a lot. That worked very well because it helped them get into the, you know, the main storyline quest. It, it, it had a fun encounter into it, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so contrived. It was, this made sense. There was this crazy burying creature. It can go through any material it really wants to. And so it was the one that discovered the dungeon under the city because nobody else can dig as fast. I like, I like how using it like that as well, you can say there's this tunnel, there's a monster in there. You have to be really careful. Uh, and they're like, okay, what kind of monster is it? And says, well, Steve fought it. How was it? How was it, Steve? And Steve says, <laughs> "Oh, know. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it it cut me up pretty bad, but I don't remember what it was." <laughs> he points. To, he points to the scars, and he's like, "This one was uh, from, uh, yeah." <laughs> Doesn't know. Has no idea. Well, Umber Hulks. I have a much greater appreciation for them now. I sort of would have looked at these as just a big bug, random monster that'll claw at you. I think they're very easy to skip over, but they have a. I, I love the gimmick because it's this weird mind bending thing yeah. that you would not expect. 
and the burrowing is very strong. You can yes. do a lot with it. It gives you it gives you huge options. Do you want to roll up a new monster? Let's go. Let's go back to the front. All right. Contents. Two fifty two. That might be Umber Hulks again. That's a, no, that's a piercer. Oh, what did we just? Where's Umber Hulks? Two ninety two. Uh, okay, I like piercers. I think you've used them a fair amount. <laughs> I um, I put these. So for the listener again, the piercer. I want you to think of like a slug. We're gonna start with a slug, right? It's real sad. And then you're gonna give them three little like mouth talons all all in a set all in a, like a circle so he's got triforce talons um he's got a little that's tiny like, mouth in that's those like talons. on the top of its head though right well no that's its mouth i guess oh, no wait, is that its mouth it has a mouth on its face too i'm totally wrong all right let's reset it <laughs> it's a, reset it's, it. a, it's a cyclops worm that also has a mouth on the top of its head it's got two mouths yeah and it's got a big eyeball and it's got a big a real big mouth with a bunch of little teeth. Um, very sad looking mouth. Very confused, sad mouth. Yes. Uh, and basically what this monster does, he has he has a couple of tiny little legs on one side of his body that he can use to crawl at five feet per turn. Jeez. It's like on the back. It's like on its back, right? On this picture it is. But they have sort of alternate artworks where they're showing him attached to a ceiling and when he's attached to the ceiling with these little, like, Triforce claws on the top of his head, I guess, uh, he looks just like a, I want to say, stalagmite with with an eyeball and a little mouth. Is it stalagmite or is it stalactite? We, we, gotta, we gotta get that. Uh, stalagmite. I think, I think it's stalagmite is I think on the ceiling. I think tight is from the top, yeah. Oh. The T is for top. The mite is for the floor. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of editing in this one. Stalactite is from the roof of the cave. All right. He looks like a stalactite. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but what he does... Just, look, just straight down spike, little eye at the top, little mouth, looking sad. He looks like a stalactite with an eyeball, a mouth, and tiny little legs. But he blends in really well when his eye is closed. Um, and what he does is you walk underneath him, and then he just lets go, and he falls on you and stabs you in the face. That's his special effect. That's his special effect. Let's go over the stats. He's got 15 AC, not that great. He's got 22 hit points, not that great. No. Movement speed, 5 feet. So bad. Climbing so bad. feet, 5 feet. Um, his challenge rating is 1 half. They, 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 kind of, they, they get their one shot, right? They, yes. They get their one opportunity. They don't want to miss their chance to blow. That's, his, that's really what they're all about. Yep. Yeah. He's got that false appearance we've talked about where he looks he looks indistinguishable from a normal stalactite. It actually calls it out in the text. Yeah. Um, but his one action is drop. <laughs> it's a plus three melee weapon attack. One creature directly underneath the piercer takes 1d6 piercing damage for every 10 feet that the, stalag, or that the piercer takes. And if the piercer misses, he takes half the damage. Oof. So basically... These guys can be as dangerous as you need them to be because maybe your party is in a huge cavern that's 100 feet tall and now these guys hit for, you know, 10d6 damage when they land. Actually, there's a maximum of 66 on this. I guess you could go beyond that. Lame. Boring. All right, well, you can bundle three of these guys together in one square at 60 feet, like a Doug trio. 
and they just fall together. I wouldn't do that. But 66, they can hit pretty hard. This is, I look at this monster as basically being a trap in a cavern. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's, it's got the one gimmick. It does, it does the thing. And then after that, it's kind of limping away because it almost died. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, there's, there's alternate art too for them as a stalagmite, but I guess that's just when they fall from the cavern. Oh no. So I can actually let you know, um, there is a monster in the book called the Roper. Oh, do they just like kind of convert over into that? This a piercer is a baby roper. Oh, okay. and then when they get big right. and, and tough, their little their little like tendrils start grabbing things, and instead of falling from the ceiling, they just pull you in. That's his little mustache, right? That's that's what's going on there. Yeah, he's got four little four little guys. Huh. I I like how it's it's funny. A lot of the underdark stuff is very gimmicky like this where it's it does the one thing right yeah like it, it falls from the ceiling it gets you or it springs out of the darkness it gets you the the piercer is fun though because i mean a cavern's gonna have stalagmites right it's stalactites it's gonna have all this stuff mm-hmm. and if you can't tell what it is because as far as we've seen false appearance really doesn't give you a chance to check against it no it just looks like you just have to avoid everything on the ceiling what I would do is if a if a person in your party specifically calls out they're looking for weird stuff, you maybe you may you make up a role and you give them a chance. Yeah. But if they don't call it out, you know, it's just delightful. Yeah, if they're like we we proceed through the cavern. You're like, got him. <laughs> I think you have to call out that there are stalactites. Yes. Yeah, no, you tell them, you know, it you tell them it's a wide open cavern, it's about 30 feet high. There's, you know, there's, there's slagmites on, on the floor, stalactites from the ceiling. They're going to get you. <laughs> Do you want to talk about ropers for a little bit? I think we should. I mean, if they're, if, if it's a baby roper, I think we got to get there. Does it, does it explain that in here? Oh yeah. It says larval form of a roper. The two creatures often attack in tandem. So we should definitely get there. Where is that? Oh, wow. Okay. So roper is on 261. 261. Roper, it looks like. A basically evolved version of this to go with the Pokemon metaphor. He's got a gotta bunch go, of little tentacles that are reaching out, um, and that's what he does. These things live in caves and caverns. I don't think we need to get too d- too deep into the lore. They'll eat anything that comes by. They look like stalagmites. They've got false appearance again. Um, oh yeah, no. It, the art for it is totally. It's it's a piercer that fell down and its tentacles grew out. That's all it is. It's exactly the same. Yeah, it also got giant. Yeah, big. This yeah, because this one's large and the, the the piercer's medium. Here's what I really really like about ropers: they can move ten feet a turn, which is not much of an improvement, and they only have that melee bite attack. But yeah. they make attacks with their tendrils, and then if they can grab you, they pull you in every turn if you can't make the strength save. And then when they finally get you to their face, they start biting you for forty-eight plus four damage. <laughs> I like uh, I like disruptive movement on monsters. I I haven't used the ropers before, but I did use. It was kind of a variant on this. They didn't have a bite attack, but it was just kind of this weird uh, tree root thing that would grab you and pull you fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. So all it really did was it served as like a minion for a scarier monster that would just drag the party in towards the scary monster that was slow and hulking. But I think I think that's pretty cool because. What what you could do for a really hard encounter with these is the ropers pull you in, start biting you up, 
and then piercers fall down from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what I would do is I would have the roper pulling you into the range of other piercers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just put put the party exactly where you want them. Just bop them right on the head. Or, or what you could do is you could have the party enter a cavern with, like, two sides to it. On the one side, everything is within threat range of the roper. And on the, like, if they start fighting it and they realize, oh, its range is only, you know, 50 feet, and they go to the other side of the cavern, they start getting pierced on. <laughs> Just raining death from above, yeah. I mean, there's so many cool Underdark things. It's kind of disappointing to me. There's not a lot of opportunities to go to the Underdark unless you really, you know, make that the focus. That's I, true. I, I, like, I like a lot of this stuff. It's cool. They are pretty good. I think how to use this monster in general, it's just, you're in the Underdark. Here's even a roper. a cave. Even if, you, yeah, even if you're in, like, a weird, creepy cave, you might be able to throw a couple of these out. Just just add some flavor. Just, just spice it up. Yeah. This definitely strikes me as a monster that you wouldn't do two of. You just no. do one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one roper and like a couple piercers is a decent encounter. I think that's true. I also want to add before we move on, twenty AC, ninety three hit yeah. points. This is a yeah. tough monster to kill. Oh yeah, no, this is this is almost identical to the the Umber Hulk would really wreck your your face if you if you wandered in with this. <laughs> Definitely, you throw all that together. Oh, that cave is rough. That cave is a bad cave. Welcome to the Underdark, basically. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about the monsters that we brought now? Yeah, I, I gotta go first. I think so. The theme was very specific weakness. Correct. So, Draculas, don't like garlic, right? It's true. Medusas, nah. Mirrors, they hate them. Get them Dogs, out of here. chocolate. Get, get that away from them. <laughs> These dogs are pure, and you shouldn't do that. It's not nice. <laughs> so I knew I knew pretty much exactly what I wanted to do from the beginning. So if I have a failed monster, it's this one. It's the one I'm bringing to the table right now. <laughs> okay. No failed monsters on this one. I had the idea planned out. It might be a little bit off the theme, but there's a, there's a very specific way that you defeat them. Mm -hmm. So I wanted them to be like... And this might be totally stolen from Star Trek. Time soldiers. They're stuck in a weird parallel time that's much, much faster than normal time. Okay. So they just move really, really slowly. So say you walk into, uh, you know, the castle that they're defending. Like it's some keep that's ruined. It's super old. Nothing's there except for the, you see three soldiers standing at the, like at a door. Mm -hmm. You'll roll initiative and on their turns, they'll, they're not going to act enough. <laughs> they're just going to kind of, like, turn their head towards you very, very, very slowly. Okay. And, and at first, the party's like, these guys are, these guys are stupid. They're terrible. They're not, they're not going to put up any threat. They run in. They try to hit them. And their swords just pass right through them. They try to stab them. Just does no damage. They're completely immune to damage, as far as you can tell. They're just moving so slowly. What is happening? <laughs> do, so, they, do they hit back? Oh, yeah. No, they hit back. The problem is, so they they hit back very, very slowly. I would honestly give them two turns to attack, right? So the first the first turn that they start to attack, you tell the, you tell whoever's getting targeted, they're trying to hit you. 
but it's not going to hit you for a little bit. And if they stand there and still try to fight them, they're getting hit and they're going to get advantage against them. Everything. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. Mm -hmm. The secret is the only way you can hit them is if you move as slowly as they do. Okay. So this gets very complicated mechanically because the way I would prefer to do this is have kind of two initiative orders. I would have the normal time initiative order. As soon as somebody in the party's like, well, I want to move really slowly to try to hit them. They're going to move into normal time speed with them, right? So, but they're moving half as slowly <laughs> as the other, as, as these time guys. Okay. If they, if they decide to engage in normal combat at the slow speed with these characters, they can attack them normally and they'll, they'll hit them normally and whatever. They're not going to be immune to damage anymore. Mm-hmm. But these guys are really skilled fighters. They've been practicing a long time. They've been, you know, kind of suspended in animation for however long. Would you so give them, they, like, parry I think they or something? Be, they would be pretty dangerous. I would almost want them to be kind of a generic fighter build up to a certain level. Where they have almost, they, like, I'd give them feats. I'd give, I'd give them, yeah, like a parry, um, you know, some cool, some cool combat stuff. Like a fighting style, maybe. Like they have like great weapon or something, you know? Mm-hmm. A little spice to them. What yeah, if when ahead. you fight them, you start moving at one quarter speed? Do they have to slow down to fight you now? <laughs> well, so the secret is they're kind of, they're in like their own pocket dimension mm-hmm. with how they're acting. And so you kind of join them in it as you slow your speed. Uh, okay. Right, so you you if you start to move at that speed... It becomes normal time for you, so you get separated from your party for that. Okay. So you start to move just as slowly as they are for the rest of combat until you get pulled out of it. I like that a lot. And then and then if you're not careful, you're trapped in this slow dimension with three super skilled fighters and everyone else is trying to go nuts on them at normal. Yeah, speed. and it just doesn't it just doesn't work. Now, for these for these like warriors would you have them be something that is implied they would live a long time like elves or would you make them something like half orcs that would normally die after i was actually i was actually thinking of having them be almost uh like just suits of armor that are enchanted to do this that sounds pretty good right like they're they're these guardians of some place and because they have to be there forever they have this weird time magic on and that's that's what's holding them there, and that's what's keeping them going. But it's it's real weird and creepy. <laughs> I I feel like in order, like if you're gonna go with the preserved in time forever thing, I kind of like the idea that it would be like it was a humanoid at some point, and they are for some reason preserved. In yeah, the they state could they're be. In. There could be like a weird mummified creature in the suit of armor. But I almost want the suit of armor to be more representative of who they are. Like they're okay. Like it's kind of like a faceless suit of armor. Yeah, be almost. The soul yeah, like habits. Exactly. Yeah, and and like if you were to take the helmet off, you would find this preserved mummified corpse in it. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be an obvious like creature. Like it's not going to be a recognized humanoid. I like that. That seems pretty cool. Right. So I I, I think you want to use these to guard thing. I think you want to use them sparingly because <laughs> it's. I think it would end up being a very long combat, unfortunately. I, I just don't know that there's a great way to handle it mechanically. And I think that's the big that's the big stumbling block that I had with these, is how do you handle the initiative when they're moving so slowly? 
there are other interesting questions I have about this. Yeah. Um, the other one of which is, would you have one of them be like an archer so that it doesn't matter <laughs> if you walk away? He still gets his shot off because he's he's just following you kind of slowly. And he I lines think that up could right. be fun. I think that could be really fun. He shoots an arrow, right? And it's just slowly in, in air, just just moving towards you. It's a couple inches for you. Second. It's going to get you. If you don't move, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit you. Now, would you have... Let's, let's say that you start fighting these guys and your party slow-mos down to fight them in their time bubble. And yeah. then seven goblins jump out and attack you. Are you now protected as well from the goblins? Yes. No, so I... I and actually, I would love... that. That's my favorite idea, for you, right? Is it's a three-way fight. And, okay. and I like the idea of, like, throwing in goblins. Just something easy... And, but and like pretty stupid that's not going to get this mechanic at all <laughs> and so there's there's goblins fighting you and there's these crazy weird time things and the time things are very dangerous time nights are very dangerous so you you want to you the whole party slows down to fight them so now you're just fighting them now there's goblins just going crazy just hacking and slashing super super fast they're jumping around they're all over the place but they don't do any damage to you i like that a lot like it's just you're in this weird, crazy time, time spiral thing. Yeah, I think it's a little wacky and a little weird to handle, but I like it from a lore perspective a lot. It gives you a lot of, uh, like a lot of different ideas for background, right? You could have, oh, some wizard decided to set this up to you know protect these ruins. There's some artifact there. It could be really weird where there's like there's far realm involvement where there's some time patron that's like, no, you can't go here. It's dangerous. You get all kinds of good stuff going. Is there... I assume they're going to be dangerous enough that you can't realize... These guys attack super slow, and if I'm out of melee range, I won't get hit. So let's just open the door and walk past them. Yeah, that's that's a, that's an issue as well, right? I think that they would be able to pursue you through it because they're not affected by normal time. I think I think that's kind of that has to be kind of a them is that they need to be dangerous in normal time as well. That was that was something I was trying to think about is so they're acting slowly, but they can still stop you. What you could do is you could just give them teleport as an action. <laughs> so now it it's like they blink out and then they reappear right next to you, and they can't attack you quite quite yet. But if you just try and bypass them, you're just going to have these knights teleporting next to you, you forever. Yeah. I like that. That actually fixes a lot of the problems, <laughs> right? Cause they know what you're after. They're guarding it. So you, you just like, okay, real quick. They're like, I'm going to roll athletics. I'm going to bust through the door. I'm going to grab the artifact. We're going to run out. Now they're just teleporting behind you and slowly trying to decapitate you <laughs> every time you stand still for too long. Mm hmm. And they will never stop. Like, that's their one goal, right? They're these guardians. That's what they were protecting. You took it. They're coming to get you. They're coming. And then they're going to get it, and they're going to teleport home. Yeah, and you can't... <laughs> then you have to go back. Unless you defeat them, you can't stop. I like that a lot. That fixes a lot of the problems I was having with these. That's good. This that's is a good. pretty cool monster. I like this one a lot. Do you have a... So you would call them time knights, or...? Yeah, like like time guardians or temporal guardians or something. They... I think they need to be standing guard or something. Otherwise, there's no reason for them to be suspended in time. 
Yeah, that definitely seems like the sort of thing that's some sort of wizard with too much time on his hands. It's like, time to make the perfect guardian. And it's like, do you want to use this, this, or this? And he's like, no, I'm going to open up a book on time magic and do something creative. Yeah, something weird. Like a lich could do this, right? They have plenty of time. They're just like, eh, I don't know. I got some loyal servants. Let me make them immortal. <laughs> I feel like this is not in the wheelhouse of a lich. Because I feel like if a lich had mastered time magic, he probably wouldn't turn into a skeleton. I think, though, that's the problem, is he didn't master time magic. He just made, managed to suspend some suits of armor in time. <laughs> and oh. all, his guards, or, all his guards actually died trying to defend the thing. Or it took him, like, ten hundred. It took him like a thousand years to master it. And he's like, yeah. well, now I got it down. But I'm already a skeleton, so... It's too late. Yeah. Oh, no, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. He's, like, real bitter about it. Yeah. Well, because liches are really angry. Just terrible. (laughs) Terrible to be around. Not a lot of fun parties. They're, you know, they're pretty... They're they're big jerks, almost always. And they have lots of stuff to hide. They got secrets. They do. They They love their secrets. Want to hear about my monster? Absolutely. Do you have a failed concept, or did you go right in? I have two concepts, one of which has failed, but basically I was thinking about not what is the monster, but what would be a cool weakness, a cool yeah. special weakness. And the first thought was, was I, I like kind of like they'd be using honey or honey bees or something like that as mm, a particular weakness for a monster. I think I underutilize swarms because the rules are complicated, mm-hmm. but I want, I want to use them more. I think that's fun. I think I think they are pretty interesting. They have weird rules, like where if you hit them, they get weaker. Or... Yeah, it, it's hard, and people don't know what the rules are. So it's like you have to, ex- even if you know them, you have to explain them to a new like to whoever hasn't seen them before. It's complicated. Yeah, but I, my first monster was I'm thinking bees are industrious, bees are hardworking. My monster is going to be something that is the opposite of that. So I made a monster that was a. I basically took a gremlin like a little annoying fey creature and it, the whole thing is it hates it hates work it hates like industrial progress of any kind they'll just show up on your farm they'll knock your barn over they'll fill in your <laughs> well they'll they'll beat up your roads they're just they're just breaking things for the heck of it um, it's like an it's like an Amish bugbear <laughs> yeah like a like a little Amish bugbear and they don't they won't like you know break in your house and stab you in your sleep but I, you can imagine how they could be ruin for people. They'd be really nasty. A problem, yeah. Yeah, just very disruptive to a, a normal town function. Yes, and then I realized this is, you know, this is kind of fun, but it's kind of hard to use because it's it, the players aren't going to take them that seriously. And what are you going to do with this? Like, you go to an artificer's lab, and he just wants you to kill a bunch of them. Mm, it doesn't, the stakes aren't really that high. I don't think it's that interesting of a monster at the end of the day. It, yeah, it seems like it seems like they're gonna just kill it. They're not gonna make it work hard, you know, which would be the fun, gimmicky way to deal with it. Yeah. So, I thought that a more interesting way to go would be to roll with that honey is sweet and it's good, in that way. So I I made a monster that is sort of a shadow fell ghost, uh, which I've named a like a bitterling or a bitter mm. one. Okay. And basically what this monster is, is I think of it as a as a cloud of dark fog or smoke that hovers it, it's it's like on the ground and it's maybe two or two feet tall. 
and out of it is a like the top half of a humanoid ghost who's basically just dragging themselves along the ground <laughs> like their their bottom half is still in there it's it's very like it's like is it like eeyore level like it's it's just despondent and just uh given up on the world it's just it's very bitter <laughs> yeah it's very it's given up on the world but in like a really angry way oh yeah yeah grumpy terrible it just it's like why this is awful and i'm now undead forever yeah so that's great and he awful. wants to he wants to take it out on everybody so i would imagine this being the sort of monster that will seep under your door at night and try and kill you in your sleep or it just wanders along roads uh, I like the idea that it is tied to the location where the the person died, and that yeah, you can kill it. That gives it. you the lore. That gives you the lore for it too. Yeah, because then like, people around there know why it's there. Usually, there you can make up like an interesting story, or even not, it could just be there. Yeah, but Either like way. most ghosts, <laughs> you can kill them with magic weapons and stuff like that, but they're immune to physical regular damage. But unlike normal ghosts, I would have this monster be. It would it would be like a lich or a demi lich. It would come back. Yeah, um, it's like bitterness has seeped into the ground around it, and it, this is just a one part of the manifestation of it. And wherever it goes, it destroys you know trees. It destroys flowers. It it tries to like just kill off wildlife and leave this empty, bitter, crappy, dead area. Th- this sounds like a great way to introduce more complex uh, creatures into a campaign. Because you could have like the base quest be just kill this ghost, and that's where the party like learns about you know how ghosts work, how magic weapons and magic abilities have different effects on certain creatures. This mm-hmm. you know ghosts are immune to normal attacks. Obviously, they kill it. They're like awesome, great. They go collect their money for the quest, and then about a week later, the quest giver is like, "Hey man, what did you do? You didn't even kill this. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> it's back. What are you doing?" And I'm like, what? We, we did it. We totally killed it. We won. And they have to go back. It's the same one. It's extra mad now because they killed it. <laughs> yeah. Super annoyed. And they're like, what do we do? And so then they have to learn about either this weakness or some crazy. I feel like it would have to be, you can either go the honey route where you just feed it. And it's literally a hungry ghost. No, no, it's like, not that. It's it, not that? You don't okay. feed it the honey. Okay. But I definitely, so I, I would do anything bee related. So for some reason, because bees, they like the flowers, they make sweet honey, they're generally industrious, happy little bees, they can sting it, unlike most things. Ooh. So if a bee stings it, it doesn't take a lot of damage, it takes like one damage, but it's stunned for a round. And if that happens, pretty much all the other bees might get it, and it might just die on the spot. Um, although maybe that's too easy. Maybe the bees can only sting it and stun it, but they can't kill it permanently. It doesn't do any damage. It's just a stun. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is you can use your honey to coat your, your weapons with, and then if you (laughs) kill it with a honey coated weapon, it not only is treated as like a magic weapon, but it kills it permanently if it dies in that way. And it, it like lifts the, the bitter aura that has taken hold of the land. It's, you sweeten it up. You That's right. The pot. Yeah. The other, <laughs> the other bee-related thing I would do is that if you make a candle out of beeswax, it'll, it'll hold the creature at bay at the minimum. And if you can get it within like 30 feet of the creature, it just starts getting disadvantage in everything. 
and like has it gets it gets feared and it has to try and get out if it can okay i was thinking that it was like you know you feed it honey or something but <laughs> this this <laughs> i like this more i mean it makes it it makes a little more sense that it's like you know you're actually just killing it with kindness <laughs> like here have the sweet honey as you're cutting it apart um just to just to fend it off just to like you know you're basically calming the spirit with more or less right like it's not to a, to a degree i would also yeah. think it's just it hates the honey it's too sweet it just <laughs> hates bees in general like that's why i would stay out of the candle like it's like oh no not that stuff that's that's the epitome of everything i stand against is a bug that does better for the world than i do you know i like i like the idea though of party going to some you know like some faith healer witch doctor you know warlock witch in the town shaman whatever mm -hmm. and she's like well you could do this crazy ritual where you like you know sacrifice your grandma and like all crazy stuff and the party's like well we're not doing that at all she's like well or you could kill it with honey <laughs> and then she's like okay well shop's closed <laughs> <laughs> And they just have to figure out what to do. <laughs> She's like, I got this basket full of bees. Do you want to buy it? Yeah. Just just like it has to be kind of... I, I kind of wonder, how is the party going to find out about this otherwise, really? Uh, you, know? you could definitely just make it folklore that they don't like bees. Um, I would think that in an area where this monster exists within a couple miles, it's not like it's uninhabitable because the spirit only comes out at night and it is... It's not like a boogeyman that it can like, oh, I'm everywhere at the same time. Like it has to pick a house and go in and just mess everything up. So I could definitely see the villagers just have beeswax candles. And Ooh. You know. Yeah, like there, there there's the smart villager with the candles and they just like put one at their door. Or it's it's like a thing that everybody does. Maybe maybe you could even make it that it, there's like one there's three towns within the area that this thing likes to attack. Two of yeah. them have a lot of issues. The third one has a candle maker who just happens to use beeswax. Yeah, and everybody just has candles at their door. And they, they might even, say. like, advertise that so that it becomes a thing where it's like, <laughs> you want to buy Paul's candles, Paul's candles will keep the bitter one at, at bay. It doesn't come in your house. You could even introduce that before the party sees this creature or hears anything about it. They could be like, there's three towns really close together one there and they're like on a ferry or something and somebody tells them oh you don't want to go to this town or that town they're not safe you should go to this town because they have the candles and you the party's like they got candles what, what does that matter it's like uh oh, they're safe nobody's ever nobody's ever gotten bothered by a bitter one <laughs> and and like you can tell them the candles definitely work against the bitter one and then just leave it up to them to pursue honey and just regular bees if they want to that, yeah it, it sounds like you want to give them piece of this you don't want to give them a full picture do you want to go full like stereotype or like even just you could go winnie the pooh with it <laughs> <laughs> just coat yourself in honey coat yourself in honey no I'm, I'm i'm talking about like the bitter one needs to like it could look like a bear even oh, you know okay. like just start to lean into the the bee stereotype of like it looks like a badger it's like a bear or something that would interact with a beehive in some yeah i like that like a like a deformed bear yeah that's, with a human head right yeah something it has, still has to be weird and wacky but has a bear-like traits 
it could growl or it could like try to hibernate places or you know whatever it has mm-hmm. a cave uh, or a burrow if it's doing the badger thing but just just give a little bit more hints towards the bee thing that could definitely that could definitely be good though the thing is once they encounter the monster they're not going to go to the store and buy honey so <laughs> either it's they come back and they fight it later cuz they didn't kill it properly the first time or they they get the clues beforehand yeah you yeah, can no, even I, have stories of people saying i killed it once and it came back yeah i i think yeah i think there's a lot of lore set up for this one i think it's a cool like traveling into an area you start hearing about it people start telling you you know don't go out at night in this town or you know if you're gonna stay in this town make sure you buy you know jones candles they're the only things that'll keep you safe and the party's like what candles what (laughs) it's silly yeah and then they get attacked at night because they didn't buy a candle everyone else in the town is safe if the thing even chooses to come for him and if they go talk to him he just says like they're like do you make magic candles he says no i just make candles you know normal normal beeswax candles (laughs) no nothing crazy here nothing crazy at all i was i was humoring the idea of using like citrus or something else (laughs) that might be sour but yeah i definitely think bees and honey is sort of like a it's a much more settled idea to grasp onto if that makes sense like you're not gonna kill a ghost with sprite (laughs) just spray him down with some lemonade (laughs) be gone foul creature yeah no i i that's that's why i'm thinking like you do the badger bear thing with it too because you really tie it into like a folklore yeah man a a big just a big evil bear ghost yeah that i I like the idea that it can creep under your door yeah like it's not bursting your door down and screaming i'm a bear i'm gonna get you i hate everything well and that gives it you could even have it be like you know one of those children's stories you know, make sure you light the candle at night. Otherwise, the you know the evil bear is going to get you. That 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 gives it a good folklore tie-in. That some towns might just have to deal with this. This is what they're used to. Yep the the fields grow a lot of good stuff, but there's a ghost that'll come in your house and kill you. <laughs> yep. Well, I think that's enough for that one. Do you have a theme prepared? Uh, I locked and loaded. I'm not a hundred percent with the theme but i've i've always really liked uh artificers we've kind of done constructs before a little bit but we we basically did magic statues i think yeah we did we did like a magic statue i want to do like some type of clockwork thing okay ideally in a setting where it's unusual technology and it might have something fun going on too you know, like not just like, oh, it's a clockwork man that punches you in the face, you know? Now, when you say clockwork, you mean specifically cogs and gears and stuff. You don't mean like a clockwork system, but it is actually made of other things, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it could be. I Honestly, like, I think it's more of an aesthetic choice than a functional choice. I think it can just be totally magical and it's driven by whatever yeah okay (laughs) i don't care i don't care about that um but yeah just like some type of you know mechanical construct that does a specific specific task okay all right good hey well thank you for recording today and i will see you next week probably next week
Have a good one. All right. See you. Thank you.